All right, it's been a minute. <clears throat> I missed the end of James, but uh, we are starting Matthew. Uh, and Matthew 1 and 2 uh, shows us very clearly the point of Matthew. Matthew is a Jewish writer. He is writing about Jesus as the fulfillment of the entire Jewish history, the entire Israelite history, and all of the prophecies. Now, we see this throughout <clears throat> the very beginning, the genealogy, establishing that Jesus is the son of David and the son of Abraham, and therefore um, an inheritor and part of uh, the covenants for both of those men. In verse 22, we see him begin to say that all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken. He quotes the Old Testament. Verse 5, they told him, so it is written by the prophet. Uh, verse 15, this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 17, fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. Verse 23, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. So, all of these things is he saying, look, all of the promises of God, Jesus was not the backup plan. Jesus was not a plan B. Jesus was the plan from the very beginning. He was what God has been pointing to this entire time. But once we understand that, then we look back at these things. Um, the genealogy, and a lot of you can probably find great messages about how it includes four women with very um, not glamorous histories. It talks about the deportation to Babylon. Uh, and yet, this is what God uses. Even in the birth of Christ, to use Joseph and Mary, a virgin, and a man who was going to divorce her, this is what God uses to fulfill his prophecy. Chapter 2, Herod, who is jealous and who eventually kill children, this is what God uses. Even Egypt, Egypt, this symbol of impurity, this symbol of unfaithfulness towards God. And yet Joseph takes Jesus and Mary to and flees to Egypt. And God, this is what God uses. And even when they return, um, they do not settle where they uh, were intending um, but because they heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, uh, they were afraid to go there. And so they go to Nazareth. And this is what God uses. Listen, it is easy for us to say that God is going to fulfill the prophecies that he made to his people and to us. But it is hard when we don't realize how God does that. God does not do that by simply giving us a life of comfort and ease. God does that by the power of his redemption to redeem, as uh, Joseph proclaimed in Genesis 50, 20, what man intends for evil, God can turn for good. When we think about what are God's plans for me, what are God's plans for my future, and have I lived in God's plans for my past, a lot of times we're measuring God's will and God's plan and God's promises. We're just measuring it wrong. Um, we are measuring it by how easy it was. We are measuring it by how um, suitable we are to the future that we think that God is leading us to. And therefore, we withhold our sinfulness, we withhold our brokenness, we withhold uh, our difficulties and our struggles because we think that these are not glorifying to God. And yet we see here, even in the birth of Christ, that 
God is not interested in our perfection because we cannot present it. God is interested in our redemption, which is what he will do in our lives. And so I really hope that, you know, and this is for myself, for all of us, you know, whatever our lives are, good or bad, let's stop hiding them. Let's stop um, trying to plaster over them and be whitewashed tombs. Let's stop trying to put on a Christianese face and let's just allow God to redeem us, all of us, because that's his purpose anyways.